Welcome to 15 with Randy and Jordan. This past week, we continued with week number two of our annual summer series, which you've heard me say at the loop. You've heard me say it here a thousand times. This is my favorite time of the year and my absolute favorite message series that we do each and every year, bar none. And because I get to meet new people, we get to hear from new people, we get to see people in a different light. We get to get to know more about them. We see people, we pass them in the hall, we see them at the coffee station, we see them sitting next to us, and we don't always take the initiative, which we should, to get to know people better and to find out what our commonalities are between us. So this week, Jordan and his brother David Vargas were our message bringers for the week in our new series, Navigating Change. This is week two. Week one was Chad Hess. And if you missed last week's podcast, it went a little bit longer than normal. But being that May was Foster Care Awareness Month and Chad's journey and his transitions from Becoming just who he was to this super dad and foster care champion with his wife, Susan, and their family, I'd ask you to just take a moment and go back and listen. It was full of a lot of good stories and a lot of a lot of relatable items that you can apply to your transitions as you navigate change. So, Jordan, welcome and thank you for your message this week and opening up in front of everyone. It's not always easy, but thank you so much for taking your time to do that. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. There's nothing like um, just bearing out your vulnerabilities on stage for everyone here, right? <laughs> just peeling it back and and, right. and and just letting everybody see in. I love that that was where your message went. It was finding peace in who I am becoming, which right off the bat says I don't really know or I haven't re- I haven't gotten there yet. I'm still becoming something and someone that God is still working on. And I think so many times in Christianity, maybe more so than just your average person, where we feel like if we don't have it all together or if we don't have the answers, that somehow we are lesser or we are not part of the group or we we just don't want to admit that. And I found that your story where you talked about being uncomfortable alone and then realizing you were lonely, but not knowing why and how difficult that is. And I see that so often when people are trying to find their place in a, even in a church community, we don't know how to, we don't know how to be real enough with each other that it's, that the relationships don't turn into more than just being superficial because it takes, like you said, like going up on stage and just kind of laying it bare for people. How do we become more? open with each other without maybe having to take that step where we really open up and maybe, maybe even too much too soon. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a great question. I think it's, um, it's something that's really challenging. Uh, I, I think just as a group of people, like any group of people, the reason that we feel so comfortable in friendships is because we feel like in our most comfortable friendships is because we feel like we can be ourselves and our, our most vulnerable selves, the truest version of ourselves. Um, but it's like, yeah, like, how do I, how do I get there? Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, me, me and my brother, David, uh, it was, it was awesome to be able to, to be able to do, to do this with him alongside him. Yeah. Um, he and I, we kind of have like, a um, we're kind of, we're kind of known for asking some unusual questions. Uh, we really like to, we really like to avoid small talk, um, just because, so, you know, like for, for example, like one, one, one super common question that we might ask someone when they 
when uh, when you meet some when you meet them, whether it's like at church or like a social gathering, it's like, oh, what do you do for work? Yeah. Um, but something I, something I had read a while like years ago was it was literally just like how to make conversation at uh, at group get-togethers, and and one of the first things that it said was don't ask people what they do for work, and it was various <laughs> reasons for that. Right? Yep, like, yep. isn't that hilarious? Like, it is. What's the best way to get to know people? Don't ask them what they do. <laughs> and men are um, the worst at that. We are. And uh, and and it said instead ask them what they like to do or what they like to do in their free time. And I've I've, I've used that ever since, and I find it like so insightful. Hmm. People people can or cannot be passionate about what they do. Some people just are doing it because it's kind of like what fell into place or for, for, for whatever reason. And they may or may not be super passionate about it. But if you ask someone like what they like to do, do in their free time, mm, I like that. You know, you can, you can, you can really start to get to know uh, about them. You get to know about what interests them. Um, and uh, one of the, again, actually this is in To Kill a Mockingbird. I, I read this when I was to, uh, reading To Kill a Mockingbird and, and the main character said that her father, Atticus, taught her that it's not polite when you meet people to talk about yourself. So you ask them about them. Hmm. Okay. And people have often told me, like, I'm a really good listener. And total spoiler alert, I'm not. I just, <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I just, I just like, I just, I've just learned to ask people about themselves. <laughs> you know? Jordan, you're, you're single, right? <laughs> Now, I, I am. Now, yeah, dude, I, dude, dude, the answer to that is, of course, I'm a good listener. Ladies, <laughs> the ladies listening are going, Jordan's a good uh, listener. Maybe this is the kind of guy I need to be in a relationship well, with. Well, well you, know, you know what? I, I would hate for someone to get in a relationship with me and be terribly disappointed. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to be, I'm just, I'm just going to be up front, you know? And, yeah. well, and, and I think, I think, I think the beauty in, in saying that when I talk about that, and, and most people don't believe me when I say that, but it's like, <laughs> When I say I'm not a good listener, but it's true. Like people like to talk about themselves, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's no. like it's, it's natural. So, so when you ask people, "Hey, what do you have to do for your, in your free time?" and then you ask them a follow up question, and then you ask them another follow up question, and then next thing you know, we just met. We've been talking for 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 15 minutes, but really, I've been talking for three minutes. You've been talking for 12. We walk away from that conversation. You think I'm a great listener. You you enjoyed my company when really it was just like, well, I was just willing to listen to you talk about you and what you value. And I got to learn a lot about you, you know? So it's not yeah. just like, I'm just like shooting the breeze, like passing the time. I could genuinely enjoy learning about you. David's very much the same way. So he, and we, we've learned throughout the years how to be, how to be more tactful asking people about themselves. You know, David loves that. Like one of the first, when his first year at summer camp, I mentioned Camp Clock when in my sermon. Mm-hmm. His first year at summer camp, he walked up to people and he said, uh, "He's like, what's your dream?" And they didn't receive that well, and they thought it was like a really weird question. But that was just like the beginning stages of us, just kind of like, like I just want to get past all of the surface level stuff and like really get to know you. And it, and, it, and it is hard. I, I like that a lot because honestly, I think that was one of the questions that came up during the Q and A session at the Loop was, you know, how do you, maybe for someone who is new at making friends or is not good at making friends, maybe they're a little introverted, maybe their social skills aren't exactly, you know, a budding flower. And and, and I think you've hit on that because essentially you're asking somebody – the chances of you getting the best response that you can work with is really going about it the way you're doing it is what is someone passionate about? Because we all want to talk about what we love to do and what makes us tick and right. what get, well, gets us gets us excited. 
we're really right. jumping off then on the best foot possible to start a friendship. So, you know, that's, I think that's some great, just friendship starting advice. Even if you never become friends, that practice will put you into a place where eventually you're going to meet people that you're going to mesh with Yeah, using that process. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's great foundational, I guess, points or bullet points to really just like take forward. Just, you know, like when you're getting to know new people to ask them about, about them. And it's really hard. Like, I think, I think that's the thing that might be underrated about making friends is like, yo, making, making friends is, it's hard because like, like we were talking about earlier, you, I mean, you to become good friends with someone, to be good friends with someone, like you have to know them well. Um, and my thing is, and, and I think that was a younger person watching that may have asked that question. Um, it's definitely yeah. chat, like being in school presents its own challenges on its own. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's challenging in and of itself to build friendships. Um, but it does take stepping out a little bit uh, and, uh, and being willing to listen to that other person. Yeah. But really, it, 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 it takes time too. That's what I've that's what I've learned. Is like, you know, building good friendships. It takes being intentional, and it takes time. Again, especially, and I, guess I you know, I, I touched on this in the in the Q and A. Is is you know, if you're the if you're the new person in a new, in a new space, especially like, I would say post high school, when you're the new one in a new space, uh, post college, like once you're a young professional, like your 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 future friends aren't looking for you. They no. already have friends. So you have to keep that in mind. And even me moving to Orlando two and a half years ago, it's like, yo, okay, I want to, um, you know, it, it explore some some churches and some friend groups. And I and it was scary for me. And I had to know, like, okay, the first like two or three times I'm around this group of people, it's going to be uncomfortable for me. But then that third time, they're going to be like, oh, it's Jordan. You know, that fourth yeah. time, it's like, oh, hey, you told <laughs> me about this. You had this last time. Like, what's going on? You know, how is that? So the, the the initial steps are always are always scary. I would say no matter how comfortable or good you get at um, developing friendships. Absolutely. Well, I loved how in your message you talked about there's a difference between trust and joy, and you used the uh, the trash analogy, which I just it made me laugh because what's so bad about taking out the trash when we really stop <laughs> when, when, when we really stop and think about it? But then it's like you know yeah nobody likes to take out the trash the the actual yeah. physical trash or the proverbial trash right. when you're in these you know trying to make friends and friend relationships, and then you said. Christians are like that. We only want to trust God when we have to, when there's no other option left. Oh yeah, there's that God guy. I should probably go talk. To, I, I should probably go talk to him about this and see what he thinks. And I immediately started thinking in my head, what you just described is a great way to meet friends here. How does that apply, or how have you found yourself? building that trust in a relationship with God when there's not someone to physically and audibly listen to in the same face-to-face manner. Yeah. So that spiritual and emotional journey was, was one of the hardest parts of my life. And I've had a very blessed life, but that's one of the hardest parts of my sure, life. Yeah. Um, but it, it really was because, you know, it's, it's a really hard question to answer. And like, like you know, like, like I discussed, like just, I literally never knew what it was like to be by myself. And so I was like, well, what do, you, what do I do with myself? And, and really it came down to just like taking time to learn how to listen and just enjoy the, the, enjoy the silence. What is the silence and what is the, what does that scenario look like for Jordan? So when I would, when I would pray uh, and ask God for comfort, I think when I started doing that initially, it was more of like a, um, 
God, give me comfort now. Amen. <laughs> and then I would go and try and do something, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, I would like try and like, like, we'll just literally do anything. But I learned, you know, something beautiful about that quiet time and something I didn't get to expand more on was like the silence and stillness. It, it's really just a perception thing, you know? So I would pray and I would just like take time to just sit there. So my prayers stopped becoming, you know, two minutes, three minutes, and they started becoming 10 minutes, 15 minutes, which doesn't sound like a super long time, except when you're by yourself and you're up doing <laughs> It is. Yeah, you for know? sure. You're just praying and then you're just sitting there. That's it. And you're just like, you're just breathing and you're, and you're just listening. And it's even better in nature. Cause then you can, cause then you have, you have the sounds of nature just around you. And, um, I find a lot of beauty and a lot of God's beauty in nature. And so it's even, it's even better than, cause you can, you just take in your environment. And I think meditation is hard period. Um, but I think, <laughs> I think that's, you know, that's, that's part of the process is to learn how to sit in the, in the silence until it becomes stillness. And then I think this is, this is a more like spiritual answer. So it's hard to quantify sure. what this feels like, but then just getting to the point where it's just like, Oh, like, like I'm cool. Like I'm chilling. I'm good. I'm okay. And it really is just this spiritual comfort uh, that God's added me with. It just so I kind of get a feel for that. You're saying that basically, cause I loved it when you said there's a difference between silence and stillness and that we, that you revel in the quiet that, that really resonated with me because that's not who I am yeah. personally. And yeah. I'm, I'm a person like you, when you said, you know, I'd leave the TV on. So when I came home, that would be, there would be noise happening. I always have noise. I, I listen to, I've got 50 or 60 podcasts in my feed that I, that I keep up with. And I listen to, so if I'm walking or running or biking, I've got podcasts on. If I'm in the car, I'm listening to, I'm usually listening to podcasts or, you know, I edit audio video every day for a living. So there's always mm-hmm. noise going and yeah. to, and to find that piece of it is difficult, and then the payoff always seems so unattainable, maybe or mm-hmm. or yeah. or like you you not you, I don't know what I'm looking for, and so right. what you're saying is, it, or maybe what you said before, is it that because you find that time and you're just in that quiet, not necessarily that you maybe hear a actual voice of God or you, you know, anything like that, or maybe you do, I don't know. What is it about that that brings you, like you said, I'm chilling, I'm here and I'm, I'm there. What what about that is the payoff or is the reward for you spiritually? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, I think it's so challenging because, because it's not quantifiable, you know, like I, I mm. really like, like mowing the lawn because when I'm done, I can see the work that I did, you know, like I, <laughs> Yep. Like, you know, like I, I like cleaning the kitchen because when, when I can see that it's clean now, okay, quantifiable, measurable, th- I, this is, you know, I, I had a task, I completed it. So it's really, I, I think for me, it was more like learning that it was okay if things were quiet. Uh, something, mm-hmm. something I did want to touch on in my, in, a ser- in my sermon that I did cut out just, just due to time constraints was growing up, like I remember being like in middle school, high school, and then seeing, I would go to a restaurant and I would see somebody eating by themselves. And I would think, oh, that's the worst. I would, hate, <laughs> I would hate to be in a public space eating and being by myself. That must be the most lonely thing <laughs> in the world. Again, because I never did that. There right. was never, it was never part of my life. And now it's like, yeah, 
I'll go eat by myself gladly. Yeah. But you know, so that, that was like, that was just a big fear of mine. And so just kind of learning because I was a, at the end of that stillness, not feeling alone. Like that was a win for me, you know, like I, like I, could, just, I could just, I could just be, I could just be in a quiet space. And after minutes, after a long time, after half an hour, I didn't, at the end of that half hour, I didn't feel, Oh man, I'm so lonely. You know, it was just like, nah, like I just did something by myself for half an hour. And, and, it, and it is really hard. And like you, you asked what was the attainable part of it. But again, it's, it's really hard because I think it's, it is hard to quantify. It wasn't like a voice. I didn't hear, you know, an actual voice. I, you know, I think each person has their own walk with, with Christ and, and, sure. and what their sort of kind of looks like and, and what hearing God sounds like to me, it felt like fulfillment. You know, I could, the, I think it was just a win for me to be alone for 20 minutes and not feel empty inside. And to me, that was comfort that God was giving me was that was, was just not feeling so alone after 20 minutes of silence and, and, uh, and learning to, to love it. Um, and learning to use instead of like, I think I filled that silence with fear of, well, man, I'm alone. What does that mean? Does that mean I have no value? When at, you know, at the end of that journey, I was able to like think about things and to think about uh, myself, think about my faith, um, think about um, what I could do better. Sometimes I think about who I should judge to, you know, like, like a, a family member or a friend and just think about them. And then also just pray about them too, you know, just like follow, you know, some, I think we've all kind of been there if we're praying and then it's like, well, let me pray for this person. Oh, and that person. Oh, and that person and that person. Yeah. And it's like, well, now there's a hundred people to pray for. I don't want to do that. It's like, well, why don't you take half an hour to just see where that rabbit hole goes, you know? Mm, um, yeah. And so that was, and so there was, I mean, really there's the possibilities are endless in what you can do in 20 minutes, 15, 30 minutes of just stillness and, and, and quiet and just thinking about like life as, as I think it sounds a little too deep, but like, just think, just no, let your thoughts yeah. go where they want to go. Well, that's, that's odd. Cause you said something like earlier about mowing the lawn and how gratifying that can be, because it's very easy to just look out over the grass and go, wow, man, I stayed in the lines. It looks good. It's freshly cut. I accomplished something with the last, you know, 30 minutes of my life. Yeah. And this is rewarding. And for years, I worked in the construction industry doing multiple trades. And at the end of the day, the wall was a little bit higher. The framing went a little bit longer. The, you know, There was a roof on or there were shingles on. There were windows installed. Yeah. Things that you could put your finger on. And I think making that transition is very scary because, like you said, you step out into this, well, I'll start with, let's try five minutes. Yeah. Well, when when there's nothing of that kind of, if that's your personality where at the end of the five minutes or later on the 10 minutes, it doesn't feel any different, you're kind of wondering, you know, what am I supposed to be getting from this? But then to basically just rely on God to, like you said, you're getting you're getting a calmness out of that. You're not leaving with an empty feeling like I'm alone or that this was a waste of time. In fact, just the opposite, that this was time well spent. And I feel refreshed. I feel renewed. And how many people wouldn't want that? Because half the time, that's why we're filling ourselves with so much, so many things to do and so much noise is to keep those feelings at bay. Yeah. So part of it's just stepping out and, and saying, all right, God, I mean, I'll give it a, I'll give it a try. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, I, I think it's just part of that, uh, part of that faith journey. And, yeah. you know, I think 
you know, what does it mean to, to have God be your friend? You know, what do you do with a friend? Some, I, I don't know anybody who's, who's my age, you know, um, anybody period, but especially as you get older, who isn't just like, well, sometimes I just love just doing nothing with my friends. I just like just, just hanging out with them. I don't, I don't care what we do as long as we're together, you know? So, and, and, you know, ask, I would ask myself, like, do I feel that way about, about God? You know, that was kind of like the revelation that I had is like, well, does he like, can I do that with God? And if I can't, then why, then why not? And so, you know, why can't I just sit in quietness for, for a period of time and just have, and just, and just enjoy my time with him. And, and really that was, it was really important to me that I really, really strive for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, I want to, we're just about ready to wrap up here. Again, I, I think we've covered a, a lot of really, really good ground here. Just, I, I always try to figure out during the week and after we've listened to the message and had a chance to digest it and always the person, I mean, and we all struggle. So, I mean, I say this, but the, the person that a lot of times are looking from the outside in thinking to themselves, well, well, there's Jordan and you know, he, told us his story and he is in a better place than he was. And man, I'd give anything to be in that place. Mm. Or, you know, I would like to feel what he's talking about. I'd love to feel this stillness. And I'm always trying to figure out how can we relate our experiences and the things that we do and the stories that we tell in my personal life and, and here on the podcast so that somebody listening is walking away and saying that was worth my time where God spoke to me and said, I need to do something. Maybe it's not a, the, the same thing as what Randy does or the same thing that Jordan or David has done or will do. But, you know, as you look past everything that you've gone through and you you go through this message and what's the biggest, maybe, well, maybe not the biggest or maybe the most meaningful way that you've seen the Holy Spirit work in your life personally, whether it's through this quiet time, whether it's just through prayer, what's the biggest change that has made Jordan the newer, better version of himself in this transition, knowing that as a young person, there's still plenty of life left to lead and there's going to be more transitions. What what have you seen the Holy Spirit do in your life that's just been the most meaningful? Hmm. Um, That is that's a loaded question, my man. That's you know, I like hear it, that. We, we can <laughs> we're do wrapping up. That's, we, a, that's a whole half hour right there. We can do the short version. It's all right. Yeah, um, I would, I would say, the biggest thing, and this does relate essentially directly to to what I spoke about was was uh, my my singleness. Last December, I, I finished my. Um, I got an, I got an MBA. You know, first person in my family nice. to go to and finish graduate school, and I, I and I never thought I would do that. But you know, in 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 my in my singleness, I didn't want to be complacent. And it's like you're like God's put me in this season, and it could be whatever season you're, whoever's listening, whatever season you're in, like God's put me in this season. You know, bloom where you're planted, and that, mm. and that was really like I heard that. That was really really powerful for me. It's like, well, what? If, like, why am I waiting for something else? What can I do now? to improve myself as a person, but also like as, as somebody who's trying to live out a godly life, like what, what can I do to help build God's kingdom? Uh, what can I do on a, on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, on a professional level, on an academic level, whatever it is that you're doing in your life, maybe, maybe you're in school and you don't have a job. That's fine. Like, what can you do? 
how can you become better academically and in your friendships um, to be a better person and to continue to be purposeful about God's ministry. And maybe you're like, well, Jordan, I don't, I don't know what my ministry is. Well, just again, just ask yourself, like, what's what's one thing I can do to grow, to be better tomorrow than I am than, than I am today? And those little things start to uh, start to build up. I don't remember what I had for breakfast three years ago, but each meal that I've had has helped me and the person I am physically today. You know, like each each meal is important. I mean, I don't remember each one, but each meal is important. <laughs> so each day is important. You know, every, every growth that I have every day is important. And that was really, really important to me once I found that out as like, because I, I thought to myself, well, Jordan, you could be single for one more year or you could be single for like 10 more years. And I didn't want to be in my singleness for 10 more years and have, to put it simply, nothing to show for it. You know, so how can, how can God use me during this season, however short or long it lasts? And that was really important to me. Take advantage of that uh, because God has given me and each of us gifts and tools, and it would be a waste to wait for the next thing, whether that's the next degree you get, the next job you get, the next place you move. You know, it, it'd, be, it'd be a shame to wait for that next thing to start making something happen when, when you can do something right now and bloom where you're planted. Man, I love that because if COVID has taught us anything, is that it's just a reminder every day of, you know, we I think we've all lost someone we at least know, maybe not a family member or someone super close to us, but many of us have and or at least know somebody. And, you know, tomorrow, and it's so cliched, but, you know, tomorrow isn't guaranteed for any of us. I mean, yeah. we know that. And I love the fact that the confidence that you've gained through this process is that right now, this is it. Today's the day. Let's do it. Right. Let's let's be engaged. Let's be intentional. Let's live like God means something to us and that the gospel is good news. And that that's exciting, no matter how you get there or what season it is, because we all go through seasons that while we're in those transitions, we don't understand them. There's no logical reason why I'm doing this when everybody knows and including me. I mean, God, you must know this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. This Mm -hmm. is not what you created me for. I know that in my heart. You know that. So why all the drama? Why all of this, that and the other? Instead of just saying, let's make today the day to do this and let's make this season what the best it can be. And let's just trust that God knows what he's doing. And I think that... um, That is great. And one thing I wanted to leave people with was you said it at the end of the message. And if you go back and watch it, this was during the loop. You said, you know, now you whistle when you take out the trash. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was it was, again, very simple. But yet a lot of times we ask ourselves, well, if, you know, if God would show me this way or God would show me that way, I don't don't know what I'm supposed to be doing when really, when you get down to it, if you just whistle, when you have to take out the trash during whatever season you're in, it's going to be so much better. It it really is, man. That is awesome. Really, That is awesome. Jordan, thank you so much. I know I said when, when I called Jordan, I said, ah, we'll, we'll probably be done in 15 or 20 minutes tops because I don't have that many questions. Although I was very, I was very engaged with what we talked about this week. I think it is very important, maybe more so than ever, particularly in our youth. I have a 15 year old who is spreading the wings and finding her Mm. place. And I listened to both of you up there 
And all those things you talked about are things that are happening with our kids. And mm-hmm. even those of us who are older, there, there's always something new to be done. So I just want to thank you for the perspective that you guys brought to the message. It was very thoughtful. It was very engaging. And I, I feel like God had a message for us at Whole Life Church, and you guys uh, just hit it right on the head. So, And now here we are at a half an hour we've been talking. And so, <laughs> so, so much for, well, ke- for I, keeping it short. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So thanks for thanks for connecting for connecting. I know David wishes that he could he could do this too. I know he would have would have loved it. I would encourage anybody if they haven't to go listen to the sermon. Not for, for just for what he shared because what he he was what he shared was my first time hearing that he struggled with his identity. Like yeah. he and I we're very close. We're, we're we're best friends. And so to hear hear someone I'm super close to talk about that for the first time like that it, it bummed me out. It made me sad. It's like man, I, yeah. I love you, bro. Like. I'm sorry you ever felt this way, but it was it was really powerful. Like, and I think I think a lot of people can really resonate, especially as, as I've been at some of the things he discussed, you know, with the Sabbath and and his struggles there. But just identity. Oh yeah, I think a lot of us can really resonate, uh, or that resonated with a lot of us. And so I would encourage anyone to uh, to go to go listen to, to to what he shared. All right. So next week coming up, we're going to have Jordan take over at the podcast because he just took my next note. And he just, he, he's, he's feeling the flow and he said, you know what I should do is I should tell everyone that if they missed the message last week, they should go ahead and check it out. Now, there are a couple of ways to do that. You can do that at wholelife.church and you can click on watch the sermon. It'll be last week's until the new one premieres. Every Tuesday night, you can check out Speaking of Grace, our sister podcast, which includes the message from the previous week or the current week, as it were, and all of the takeaway questions that came along with it. I'm not even going to ask one of those this week. We're over time, so I'm not going to do it. But if you go to Speaking of Grace, all three of them are there, and they're great topics to talk about more about this subject with your friends, your family, people that you just have meaningful conversations with. And a lot of good can come out of it because the more we talk about how we engage and how we listen for Christ, the better off we're all going to be and the closer we're all going to be as a community of Christ. So next week we will continue. It will be Joe Newell and the message will be hard, scary, important, and beautiful change by Joe Newell. That will be next week as we continue on with transitions, navigating change, and continuing with our members series. So again, Jordan, and of course, uh, we'll send you the link here so you can take a listen. I'd love for David to hear it. And maybe even during this week, if there's some time we can, uh, we could connect, maybe we'll do a bonus episode and just talk together and get his side because they were, I mean, even though the subject was together, it really was don't don't miss his part of the message because it like Jordan said it was very very it was meaningful it was impactful and it was something that people need to hear that are struggling with yes. with their identity it was, it was very very good All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back again on Tuesday for Speaking of Grace here, episode 259 as usual, when hopefully we'll be able to catch up with Joe Newell and have another discussion. So thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.